Hey everyone, grace and peace to you all from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Monday, June 1st, and this week we are doing a deep dive into the topic of emotionally healthy spirituality, but with a very current and important twist. We are looking at that topic from the angle of race. And today I want to enter in on the shallow end of this conversation and talk about racism for those who are new to this. Racism for beginners. You can listen to this judgment-free or pass it along to someone who has shown interest in getting started in like the education process on the subject. Now, as a pastor who is concerned with God's way, I'll be coming at this topic this week from a uniquely Christian and biblical perspective, which, side note, I believe is the most profound way you can get at both human dignity and reconciliation. Before we get started, I want to say that yesterday at church, I spoke on the need to bring all our emotions before God. Now, I know there were people from our church who participated online and wanted me to talk more about what our world was currently going through right now with the protests and the riots and the anger that our society is currently feeling right now. And I hear that. To be completely honest, we film the Sunday service on Thursday. And though I did wake up early Thursday morning and completely wrote a different sermon than I had planned, I think I would have said more if it was indeed live. We had discussions about it as elders and people who lead our Sunday morning gatherings on early Sunday and, and believe that what God had kind of given us to say and, and, and given us how to lead on Thursday still held up on Sunday. And I wouldn't have taught a different sermon if we had been live, but I would have said some things a little differently. But we assumed and we knew that we would be doing this week of podcasts, so we let it be. We let Sunday be its thing. So to those sitting through the service wanting more, wanted more yesterday, I'm sorry. And I hope that disappointment leads you to new ways of dealing with your disappointment. Because if you're going to wade into the difficult waters of racial reconciliation, you'll need to do some work on how you process disappointment. And another side note, our race and belonging cohort is putting together a podcast to help with that as well this week. Okay, so about the shallow end of the race conversation, let's jump in there. First, I'll start here. What is race? What is it? What is what is race? Now, it's best to talk about race in contrast with ethnicity. Ethnicity refers to the way people identify with each other based on commonalities and distinctives like language and history and ancestry and nationality, customs, cuisine, art. Ethnicity is what you get back from your 23andMe or Ancestry.com DNA stuff. It traces back your ethnicity. Example, when my wife got her 23andMe results back, it didn't say she's 100% white. That's not how it works. That's not what her ethnicity is. It said she's French and Eastern European, etc. That's ethnicity. But race is different. Race, and, and I don't mean to trigger you, but just listen. Race is a social construct. Not found in our blood. Not put there by God, but created by human beings. Let me explain. There was a time when white people weren't white people. They were German, Scottish, British, Russian, French, Italian, and so on. And 
I know we long for those days right now, especially if you're white. I just wish I was just Scottish and not white. Now, there was a time when, pe- when white people were just white. And to try the, to see them at that time through a single racial lens would have been completely inconceivable. But the colonization of America by Europeans changed everything. Before that time, race as we know it didn't exist. There was prejudice, always, there's always been prejudice on our, on our planet, but not race, not like we have race in our current moment. What happened is what Brian Stevenson, the founder of the Equal Justice Initiative, coined as the narrative of racial difference. That is, the differences in race were assigned value and worth. A hierarchy was established based on racial differences that made room for two horrific historic realities. That is, slavery and the annihilation of Native people. Now, race or racial difference is a social construct designed to grant value to some and not to others. It was at this time during the colonization of America that ethnic cultural distinctives such as German, British, Italian, and so on began to be de-emphasized and white people began to be seen as a collective group who were inherently superior to people of color, specifically black slaves and brown native people. Now, there's a ton of history on this. There's a very interesting even history about Irish people who were seen, um, who had a lot of prejudice towards them, but actually played the white card to get them out of uh, being seen as um, uh, in the same group as black slaves. And we have all these old signs that say no, no, no black people, no Irish people. Well, the Irish did a it's actually a very interesting study on what Irish people did in our country to associate themselves as being white and not Irish. Now, the consequences of this meant all of this, all this, the social construct meant that there were people that were seen as superior and others that were seen as inferior. Some were seen as human and others were seen as less than human. Race as a social construct was a necessary theory to make white Christian people feel comfortable with their ownership of other human beings and their attempted extinction of native people groups. I don't say that lightly at all. I mean, how else can you, with an understanding of Genesis 1 and 2 and the gospel of Jesus, justify the removal of people from their land and the enslavement of people based on the color of their skin? The only way you do that is you have to make them less human than you. This is exactly what happens. Now, there are all sorts of ways this is shown in our American history. To learn more about this, I gave a talk uh, last year called What We Talk About When We Talk About Race, or I want to commend to you and recommend Jamar Tisby's book, The Color of Compromise. But I want to switch gears right now. Because at the heart of systemic racism in our country today, which allows us to say things like, well, we don't know if that white police officer was motivated by race in the murder of George Floyd. The the reason why people can say that is because it's not explicit racism a lot of times, it's implicit. It's actually racism in America is the air we breathe. At the heart of this implicit systemic racism in our country is the ninth commandment in the Bible, which is, 
you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Exodus twenty sixteen. This is this is at the heart of like the the breaking of this commandment is at the heart of racism. Let me explain. When God was restructuring a former community of slaves into a nation and kingdom of priests in Exodus, who represent God to the world, he set into motion the way this community was to treat one another. And the ninth commandment realizes that viable human community depends on truth-telling. This commandment isn't really concerned with personal white lies that we tell, though there are scriptures that do that. What this commandment is getting at is the public portrayal of reality. This commandment insists that when we give testimony about another person, we must resist every distortion of reality. We must speak the truth about them lest we condemn an innocent person, meaning innocent in the, in the sense that for a crime they did not commit. See, the way the Ten Commandments work is that they forbid the most extreme form of any particular sin. For example, murder is the worst kind of hatred. Adultery is the most destructive sexual sin, and so on. The Ninth Commandment forbids the deadliest lie, one that condemns an innocent person for a crime they did not commit. Okay, at the root of every relational problem, from racism to sexism and any other ism, has at its root this problem, the stories we tell up, tell ourselves about someone else. It's believing a lie about another person or another race of people. These stories we tell is at the root of where stereotypes, prejudice, discrimination, and racism come from. So let me break this down for you. What is a stereotype? What is prejudice? What is discrimination? What is racism? I think they're four different things, and they're very important to get straight. First, a stereotype is a belief, these are thoughts, that associates a group of people with certain traits. Okay, this is fairly neutral. It can be positive or negative. For example, all women are nurturing is a stereotype. All progressive people are woke is a stereotype. These beliefs can be negative or positive. A stereotype is a thought. Okay, a prejudice. Prejudice is a feeling. Prejudice are negative feelings toward persons based on their membership to certain groups. So prejudice are feelings. They are felt negatively. They're actually experienced negatively. For example, black men are dangerous. That's a prejudice. Latina women are irrational when they're angry. That's a prejudice. These are negative feelings that we have towards other people based on um, their membership to certain groups. Okay, let's go down one layer deeper, discrimination. Now, discrimination is a behavior. So where prejudice is a feeling and stereotypes is a thought or a belief, discrimination is an action. Discrimination is a behavior directed against persons because of their membership to a certain group. So this is the behavior. So, for example, me growing up, I'm, I'm Mexican. So whenever I was on a a golf course or anywhere, actually anywhere, where there was a majority dominant culture, I people assumed I worked there all the time growing up, whether I was on a golf course, even in certain stores, people assumed I worked there. This is discrimination. And they would of course say, Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you I thought you worked here. That's discrimination. Another example is I have um 
an African-American friend who lives in the progressive woke Bay Area. And not too long ago, very a few weeks ago, was walking into a store and a woman saw him and clutched her purse. That's discrimination. That's the behavior. Now, anyone can have these. It doesn't matter who, who you are. Anyone can have these. You can be prejudiced toward any group of people or discriminatory towards any group of people. But racism, again, is another layer deeper and it's different. Racism is when people in power are prejudiced or discriminate based on race. Think of racism as prejudice or discrimination plus power. This is why when a black man goes into unfinished new homes, there's suspicion. But if a white man goes into one, there's less or no suspicion. You think that that's that person's house or something. This is this isn't just discrimination, but a, a form of racism because you then have the power to do something about that black man in the wrong place at the wrong time or that black man in somewhere he's not supposed to be. This is discrimination plus power. Another way this manifests itself is when you see, typically you see a white man in a black hoodie uh, walking down the street, you think of someone who works in tech. If you see a black man in a black hoodie, you think he might be dangerous. He might be a thug. And that's programmed into you. And the reason why that's, that goes beyond discrimination into racism is that for majority culture, for our culture at large, we have the power. Some people have the power. I shouldn't say we. Some people have the power to do something about that thug. Call the police on this person because they look suspicious. Things like this happen all the time. And here's the thing. It's programmed into you. It's programmed into you and me who live in America. Programmed into us is bearing false witness against our black and brown neighbors. This is why the phrase getting woke or being woke is so powerful. Because actually, when you wake up to this reality, you start to see it's everywhere. It's in you, it's in me, even if you're not majority culture, it's in all of us. The way that we bear false witness against our neighbors. The way that we prejudice, discriminate, and even racism in our bones. It's in our history, it's in our bones, it's given to us from our parents, 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 our culture, our media, everywhere. And if you have awoke to the fact that this is the air we breathe, we have to go to work on changing this. Because one of the ways that we are putting innocent, meaning getting punished for a crime they didn't commit, black and brown people to death, the way that we are putting innocent black and brown people to death in our country is by bearing false witness. And so we have work to do. We have a lot of work to do. We have work to do in, obviously, in prayer. But we have work to do in education, educating ourselves, having conversations, being willing to have these hard conversations with people who need to hear these conversations, doing them where we could enter into their world and hear their side of life and hold on to who we are in Christ in an emotionally healthy way. 
We need to be able to do this so that we can have these conversations without blowing up in anger. Anger is important part of this conversation because God gets angry at injustice. But we have to do it to where they can't dismiss us because of our anger. We have to be wise. We have to be, and oftentimes, non-threatening. That's the reality. That's what we have to do. And so this week, we're going to explore. We're going to explore um, righteous anger. We're going to explore um, how we can have these conversations tomorrow. We're going to talk about how can we have these conversations with people in our community group or people that don't want to talk about this. How do we have these conversations well? How do we and how can we process our disappointment? Because the reality is this is, this is a long game. This is not going to get changed overnight. And unless you have the capacity to do this for a long period of time, years, maybe your entire life, unless you start seeing this as a long game, you're going to burn out really quickly. And so let's enter in. Let's, let's start in the shallow end and wait, make our way and work our way and swim our way to the deep end. Peace be with you today.